Welcome to the Party with Lance podcast. Starting the party in three, two, one. Here we go. Hello, yes. Welcome to the Party with Lance podcast. It's me, Lance here again, recording the pod. Welcome back. I hate this intro already. Uh, but let's keep hitting record or keep recording. It's, I mean, you not re hit record. If you, keep, if you hit record, it will actually stop. But let's keep the recording going, if you will. One of the words starts to any of these. Is it? Maybe, maybe not. So, a uh, couple things. Um, you gotta, you don't even want to talk about it, but it's almost like you have to talk about the coronavirus. It's, uh, I'm here in New York City, of course. And by the time this comes out, I'm recording this, what, Thursday? Maybe I'll put it out Friday, Saturday, perhaps Sunday. I have, I have a road gig this Saturday in Wilmington, Delaware, um, at a college. So this may or may not come out. Anyway, talking about coronavirus, I don't really even want to talk about it. And by the time this comes out, it will be the news will be vastly different even from a few days. But in New York City, maybe I'll hit it briefly and then to go to some other topics and maybe come back around. Maybe I won't. I don't know. The coronavirus is uh, it's a little scary here in New York. You know, you go places. Uh, there's a weird, uh, I, there's a weird air. In, you know what? It's almost like what can I say? I, I, I'm hesitant because it's like what can I say about the coronavirus that it hasn't already been said or that we all feel. At least in New York City, I've talked to a couple people in uh, or one or two other people in other places, and they're like, yeah, it seems okay, you know, or I've heard. But in New York City, it's a little funny. My girlfriend and I were walking around the city uh, the last couple nights. And it feels weird. The city feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Uh, it feels like some kind of weird dream. A um, little funky. So, and uh, I'm doing my best, though, to, uh, to, to get out as much as I can, given my brain, and uh, live life. So I guess time will tell. Let's not get too much into coronavirus stuff, I guess. I will talk about this very briefly. James Lipton passed away uh, this past week, as we saw in the news. If you if you, you you if you don't know James Lipton uh, from the name, maybe you know him from uh, which which you know he's pretty well known. James Lipton, the Actor Studio. You know he used to do that show uh, where he'd interview actors, uh, and it it was cool because this was a time before the internet got so crazy, right? Before like there was interviews or podcasts with a bazillion. Now there's like there's a million podcasts or interviews with anybody. There's a million million hours of footage on anybody you want to see. You know you see somebody like riding in an Uber. Like, you can literally see footage of anybody doing anything. But this was like a time that really not many people had done stuff like that. So it was him interviewing, you know, uh, actors um, at a time when nobody else was really doing that. So that was really cool. But I would like to tell my James Lipton story. Uh, I had one very brief interaction with him, more, more just of an interesting story. One night I was doing a prom show at Caroline's, and, uh... We were watching uh, myself and I think some other comedians were there. Or maybe maybe I wasn't even doing a prom show. Maybe I was just hanging out. From when I used to work there, I used to just watch a ton of comedy. We're watching Paul Mooney at, um, what is it? It's like 1.30 in the morning. Um, and and uh, I was sitting there. I think I might have been by myself or with other comics. I might have been one other comic. But I'm sitting there watching Paul Mooney. It's 1.30 in the morning. Paul Mooney legend in his own right, right, If you if you know comedy. Um, he wrote a ton of Richard Pryor stuff, um, incredible career in his own right. So sitting there watching Paul Mooney, I looked to my left, sitting directly. I didn't. It was dark, right? It was it's in the club late at night, right? 
Well, it's, I mean, there's no windows down there, so it's like it's just dark. Well, it's it's one thirty. So it's a it's a late night show, right? I look to my left, and sitting right directly to my left is most deaf. Um, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Then I look to his left, uh, and it's Dave Chappelle. Then I look to Dave Chappelle's left, and it's James Lipton. Which, this is like, how many years ago is this? It might have been 10 years ago, 8 years ago. I don't know the math on it. 12 years ago? Somewhere in that range or so. So James Lipton, what did he just die? He was 90-something, I think. So he had to be in his 80s. He was in his 80s. It's 1.30 in the morning, and I'm just sitting there watching the show, and it's literally in a row. Me, Most Deaf, Dave Chappelle, and James Lipton. And I was like, what? It, it was it was crazy to see him, but if you knew more about him, I guess, like, he was like a cool dude. Like he hung with like cool people and like had a pretty interesting life. So um, it was just really interesting to see because I I would not have not not knowing that or, or, or you know going into it I guess I would not think James Lipton would have been hanging out with Dave Chappelle and Most Def and Lance Weiss will say because I was right there I was right there too in the line. Um, but it, but that's that's my James Lipton story. That's all I really have. It was just uh, another interesting night of being in New York City and doing comedy and maybe in entertainment. Just a unique. I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, it's just me, Most Def, Chappelle, and James Lipton sitting all in a row. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I never really talked about that, because it's, I mean, that's the whole story. There's not a whole lot to tell. I guess I told people when it happened, I was blown away then, but I didn't have a medium like this to share it widely, I guess. Um, but that's my James Lipton story. Also, uh, in the news this week, Chris Matthews, uh, I guess, retired or got fired, they're saying, or or whatever. Here's my Chris Matthews story. In between my... Uh, I interned at Hardball Chris Matthews uh, my, what is that year? Because I went to school in Washington, D.C., and I was studying politics, and then I had kind of started to transition into more entertainment stuff. Um, so it was like I, I, I worked at uh, the Department of Justice one summer, and then, uh, which can you even say that? I guess you can. I don't know. I never know what secret. I mean, you can say you worked there, I guess, right? So I did that, and then I started going into like media entertainment, and I got a job. I think it was during my spring, might have been part of the summer and part of the spring of my senior year. So like between junior and senior year, maybe, and then like the spring of my senior year, I would go a couple times a week to work at Hardball with Chris Matthews uh, downtown. The office at the time, which I'm assuming it still is there, I don't know. It was down by the Capitol, so I'd ride the ride the metro. Uh, to, I forget which stop it was, but it's, I, oh, Union, uh, Union Station, because it's literally right next to Union Station, you get off there, and then you walk a few blocks to, uh, what is that, MSNBC or NBC or whatever, there's a bunch of studios there, actually very cool studios where there's like, um, like the Capitol's directly in the background, it's a legit real window with the Capitol in the background, so actually very, very cool studios, and whenever I see it on TV, I'm like, oh, I know that place, because I interned there. Uh, and they had other people there too, like Andrea Mitchell was there. Um, uh, who's it? Is it? Is it? Uh, what's the name? Guy Gregory that uh, you know, he's got a good head of hair. He's a he's like an anchor. Greg. Ah, uh, uh, well, you I don't know. Uh, there were other anchors and stuff there anyway. And I got to do a lot of cool stuff. I got to um, during the who was getting inaugurated that time uh, during I think one of the Bush. Uh, the inauguration on the mall. I got to like be on the mall like in an MSNBC studio. Like and they were interviewing all these different people. It's actually a pretty cool uh, experience. So, but my experience with Chris Matthews, my first day of interning there, I was washing my hands. Like you know, offices have like a, a kitchen, right? A little refrigerator, uh, sink area. You know, coffee, tea, whatever. You know, like a little section, like a little break room, I guess. I was washing my hands in there, like day one or two, 
or getting a cup of coffee, or no, I wasn't drinking coffee at the time, I guess. Uh, whatever I was doing, I was getting a snack. I don't know, you, you know. And Chris Matthews came in, and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm Lance. And uh, I, I guess he got in trouble, right, for like, for, you, you know, they're saying like he made uh, bad comments or like sexual comments to women or something. I didn't really f- read the full story. But here's what happened to me my first day. Uh, I didn't have a very good impression with him when I first met him. Uh, I'm not going to speak too badly about about the whole thing because I did have some other positive experiences there. But my, I literally, I'm a talkative person. If you know me, I'll say what's up. I like to say hello to people. I talk to random people everywhere I go. I just think it's nice. I think the world is better if you're like, hey, how's it going? You just ask people, how's it going, right? Oh, how's your day? So I, I saw him in the break room. And I was like, oh, how's your day? Or, or I was like, hey, I'm Lance. I just started here. Nice to meet you. And then like two, three days went by and someone who worked at the show came over to me. They're like, hey, what'd you say to Chris Matthews? And I was like, I just said hello. And they're like, yeah, he didn't like that or something. It was something along the lines of like, don't don't be talking to him when you. And I felt like a, I felt like, oh man, I messed up because you know you're an intern, you're in college, you're like you're younger, you know what I was like, 20, 21, 20, yeah, 20, 21 or so, and you you don't want to make a bad. And you're like, oh man, I didn't. He hates me now. Everyone hates me now. And now I'm like, dude, fuck that. I was nice. All I did was introduce myself. And he, but I think he came. He he had said something to one of the people who worked there. It was like, oh, this who's this new kid working here? Who's like aggressive or something, or who like, or who like said hello to me or something and then it's like now he's come out he said all these weird sexual things to women and i'm not going to say that's a correlation right you can't make that correlation between but it's all i'm, all I'm going to say is or, or can you i don't know all i can say is my experience with him was like man all i was doing was saying hello like so maybe he just did maybe he just was an asshole you know maybe he was an asshole to me and he was also an asshole to the people who you know looking at how he was fired or or whatnot he's an asshole to other people too but I will say, going forward, it got to be pretty okay with him. I mean, I was an intern, so I didn't have that much interaction. I mean, I would see him around, say hello very briefly, but I felt weird the rest of the time working there. So that's just my Chris Matthews experience. I was there however many months, I don't know, six months or so, because I went you know, in summer and then into the spring, so I was there a decent amount. Um, so I don't know, but I had an okay, you know, I guess my experience with, I had a great time there and I learned a lot, but I'm just saying my, my interaction with him, I guess it felt always kind of tainted from that. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. But it, but it was, a, but it turned out to be like a fine experience w- with him. But the actual show was awesome. I learned so much. I got to see so much cool stuff. And I will say this: the executive producer at the time uh, is one of the coolest people I ever worked for. This lady was incredible. She's done so much stuff in media, and she she was like a beast when it came to like producing producing TV. And uh, that I learned a ton ton from her, and have incredible respect for her. And uh, one of the one of the best people I ever worked for, and super cool. Also, was super cool to me, which is crazy. Like she was the EP of the show, and she was awesome, very cool. Um, but my interaction with Chris Matthews, little goofy, little weird. That's all I can say on the Chris Matthews news for the headline stuff there. So, those are my stories on that. I guess going along with Dave Chappelle, here's a story that I've been uh, I've been meaning to tell, but I just haven't yet. Um, I'm going to talk about, so that was, I was talking about me at Caroline's with Dave Chappelle, Mos Def, and James Lipton, and watching Paul Mooney, incredible. But this is after, I'm going to talk about the first time I met Dave Chappelle. Uh, I've met Dave Chappelle, I guess, two, I've been in the same room with him, I guess, I'll, we'll say like three times or so. Um, maybe even more, actually, but, you know, at parties and whatnot. But I've been in close proximity, we'll say, to Dave Chappelle a few times. Um, and here's my story uh on the first time I met him, I was walking around. This also, I was in college. I was walking around streets in Georgetown, and if anybody knows that, there's a bunch of like row houses 
um, like townhouse. I'm just walking around like a back a back way. They're just they're just streets. And they're pretty empty if you're just kind of walking around neighborhoody kind of streets. And I was a senior in college and about to graduate in like a few weeks. And I wasn't sure what to do with my life. I'd been doing stand up, I guess, about a year at that time. You know, I was working at the DC Improv, watching comedy. Um, I got more stories about that. I got a lot of stories about that. So I, I asked Dave. I, I oh, sorry. I'm gonna tell you how I. I was literally thinking about like, well, what should I do with my life? Should I like stay in DC and get really good at comedy and then you know go somewhere else? Should I go to LA? Should I try and be an actor? Should I move to New York and do stand up? I really love stand up. I was like, man, LA would be great. I like the surf and skateboard and the weather and all that. Uh, and do I want to try and get on TV or something? I don't know. But I really love stand up, and I wasn't sure what to do. I was literally graduating in a couple weeks. I had no job, no no plans of where I was even going to go next because I kind of at that point gone full entertainment. I had, um, I, I, I was like, uh, I, I was now like away from, cause I was studied politics in college and I'd gone away from that into entertainment stuff. And actually I think this Chris Matthews job might actually been my junior year now that I think about it, but not that it really matters that much. Cause I think I, I, I then interned at MTV in the summer, uh, the next, so that had to be my senior year. So actually I was a year back on that, that Chris Matthews story or the hardball story. But, uh, uh this is back to this story of meeting Chappelle. I was walking around D.C. No, because at this point I was going to go full entertainment. I was like, do I become an actor? Do I try and, you know, stand up, whatever? I'm walking around D.C., Georgetown streets. I'm like, I don't really, literally kind of thinking about my life because I'm like, I got no job because now I've kind of dedicated myself to the arts. I was a theater minor. I had taken some classes and I was I was gung-ho toward this this route now, right? And I'm walking around. I'm like, man, what do I do? I'm just kind of on a random day in, you know, might have been a random Tuesday or whatever. And this is in 2000, 2006. So Dave Chappelle is huge. Uh, he had, I guess, what, he had just gotten back from Africa, I guess? I mean, he's always been huge, but he was, like, huge. And I'm walking around a D.C. In, uh, in a Georgetown thing, and I just walk by. It's just Dave Chappelle smoking a cigarette with a friend, like, in a back alley door. It was so weird. So I just walk past him, and then in my head I go, I go, oh, man, that was Dave Chappelle. And I was like, do you go back? Do you not do anything? I mean... And eventually I was like, man, you got to go. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of like, just, I'm like, when is this opportunity going to come again? Let's go for it. So I turn around and I walk back. It's like, you know, 30, 40 feet. And I, and I go, and you, I'm a kid and I'm nervous, right? Now I would handle it better because I've been around enough people, um, just because of my field. But then I was nervous and I go up and I, and I my first things out of my mouth, I go, Hey, uh, you're Chappelle, right? Uh, and he's like, yeah, I go, you got a second? And he goes, no, nah, not really, man. Sorry. Which I understand, right? He was a couple ways a couple streets away from the main street, one of the main streets in Georgetown, which if he was there would have been mobbed. You couldn't have been even near him. But he was literally on this alley, almost like a weird alley side street. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a comedian and I, I'm about to graduate college. I don't know what to do. And so then he perked up a little bit and gave me and gave me a few minutes. But I, I understand him not wanting to talk because I couldn't imagine every second of your day. And he's like, dude, I'm just trying to hang out with a friend, right? So well, it, to me, I take it almost as a sign for like doing comedy because I didn't know what to do. I happened to run in at the time, uh, you know, the biggest comedy star on the planet, one-on-one, -on -one, walking around D.C., trying to think about, I'm about to graduate, I don't know what to do, what do I do, where do I go, and, and then I just run into Dave Chappelle on a back alley with him and his friend, and then I'm like, well, I'm a comic, I don't know, should I stay here in D.C., do I go to L.A., do I go to New York, and whatever, and he, and he just, I remember looking down, smoking a cigarette, it's like how you would picture Chappelle, almost like out of a weird TV <laughs> Uh, or a, a video or something, and I literally just, like, I'm asking the biggest comedy star in the world, uh, like, what is almost like a sign from God or the universe, like, Chappelle, what do I do? 
hey, hey, do I go to New York? Do, do I go to L.A.? Do I stay here? And he just, he's looking down and he goes, he goes, man, fuck L.A. He goes, that L.A. Hollywood shit doesn't give a fuck. You know, and we know this is how he is, right? Uh, just from seeing interviews and whatnot. He goes, go to New York, get on stage as much as you can. He's like, you want to do this? You go to New York and you do it. And I'd already, and now I've been doing comedy about a year and a half or so, year, year and a half. And I, I'd worked at the DC Improv, and I'd heard this from every comic that I talked to at the DC Improv that came through there, other people who worked there, uh, other DC comedians. Everybody was like, New York, New York, New York, New York. So I'd already kind of leaning toward it, but I wasn't sure. I was telling up there, do I go to LA? Do I stay in DC? Do I go back to Georgia, where I'm from? But the, when he said he was like, he just goes, go to New York, get on stage as much as you can. And I take that as a sign from like, Dude, if I would have seen him two, three streets over, I wouldn't be able to touch this guy. I would have been there would have been hundreds of people mobbing him around. But literally it's just me, Chappelle, and his friend. And I'm like, Chappelle, what do I do? <laughs> so I take that as a sign from the universe. And sometimes the world, I believe in those kind of signs. You know, you can you can do whatever you want on your end. But I, I believe in like these like these things happen in our lives for a reason. I run to the biggest comedy star on the planet one-on-one and be like, a couple weeks before I graduate, hey, what do I do? And he says, go to New York. So I graduated a few weeks later, and I ended up. I booked a. Uh, I went home to Georgia for a week, and then I didn't really know what to do. I was just kind of, uh, what, you know, what I, I got no place to live in New York, nowhere, nowhere to uh, stay, no, no jobs, no nothing. But I just booked a one-way ticket to New York City, and I bought one big suitcase, and I ended up staying on a friend. I had a few, very few friends in New York from college or like acquaintances of other people. And I ended up, and maybe I'll talk more about that in the future. Uh, but I ended up staying on people's like uh, blow up mattresses, couches, and floors for three weeks. And then I, all I did was while I was here was look for apartments, look for apartments, look for apartments. And my first apartment was in Spanish Harlem, a hundredth, which now is like uh, it, the neighborhoods changed a lot. It used to be like pretty strictly Spanish Harlem, but it was a hundredth and Lex. But this is 2006, May 2006. So, or, or June-ish, right? I guess I graduated in May or so and came up late May. Yeah, late May, June. Late May, we'll say. So, I, uh, 100th and Lexington was my first apartment. And uh, it was, like, more strictly Spanish Harlem. Now it's, like, basically Upper East Side. Just, it's, like, getting nicer. Gentrification's going up as it, well, nicer depending on your definition of what's, what. Uh, that's a whole different debate, right? But but the neighborhood, I guess, is in, uh, uh, becoming more wealthy and more, like, it used to be, like, literally delis bodegas and that's great too but it now it is like chase banks so you see what i'm saying it's like a chase bank next to a starbucks versus like a deli and, and a whatever so uh i live there and then from there once i got that job i went to uh i just started going to comedy clubs handing out resumes i went to uh danger fields handing off a resume caroline's maybe maybe gotham Maybe maybe one other, maybe Broadway or something. I don't know. I'm just every comedy club is handing out, and I was like, "Hey, I'll do anything. I just want to be around comedy. I just want to do. I'll I'll clean the toilets. I'll do it. I just want to be. In, you know, I was at the DC Improv. I think that helped me. And then I ended up getting a job in the box office at Caroline's a few days a week, answering phones daytime and sometimes nighttime. And then that was like part time though. And then I got a job temping somewhere else through someone else I knew from college, a friend of a friend or whatever, temping for like twenty dollars an hour, like doing uh was it that my first job I had a bunch of temp jobs but basically and that's how I was doing it but but uh, but you know uh, it was meeting Chappelle I guess and then I've also seen Chappelle a couple times at least one other time here in New York uh uh at the comedy cellar um 
Where else? Have I seen him another? I'm trying to think about. I, I don't can't think of any direct other times that I've seen Chappelle. But anyway, those are my stories with James Lipton. Those are my stories with Chris Matthews and Dave Chappelle. Also, let's go to this. You know what? I didn't really think about the internet. Every time uh, I email someone, and this happens to me too, it's like weeks go by, and then people write back and they go, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I've been so slammed." Dude, I think we're all slammed. I'm the same way. I don't email a ton of the things back because it's like, how can anyone keep up? And here's, I've, I've talked about this in the past, but I think the world is, a, is at a point where no one prepared us for this. Everyone is inundated with emails, and, and I want to stress the part that nobody prepared us. Nobody prepared us that we're going to be blasted with emails repetitively all day, every day, 24-7. So every email you get back from everybody now, and I'm sure this happens to you too, well, I, I don't know your life, but every a lot of emails are like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm behind on this. Oh my gosh, so sorry, it's a few days. I'm just packed here, you know, slammed here. I'll try and get back to you in the next week or so. I'll take a look at this and get back to you in two weeks. Now, maybe that's just my experience with emails, but I'm, I'm going to assume it's a lot of people because people are doing it to me, and I'm also doing it to other people. That, but the world... Somehow it just became, it got to a point now where we're all just jacked up. We're all just, we, we weren't prepared for the amount of e- emails and internet that our lives were going to become because it happened over time, right? It wasn't like overnight. It was like email was a thing. We got a few emails. Now it's just email all day, every day, in addition to all the other stuff, right? LinkedIn, text, whatever, the millions of other platforms, how we can contact somebody for a thing, right? So, but email... Uh, it, it's just, we weren't prepared and now we're in it and now we're stuck in it, you know, which I talk about this with some of my friends. It's like, we're just stuck in this fucking email shit. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I think computers, you know, to talk about coronavirus a little bit, uh, not to downplay it, but I think the internet is really a, a, a huge problem. Even with this information with coronavirus, the, dude, we're just getting every minute new information of Corona stuff all around the world and it's freaking us out. And in reality, you know, I've been watching interviews of different governors and whatnot just on the internet, on YouTube. They're all saying, like, listen, it's like the flu, you know, factually. I was watching Governor Cuomo of New York saying, like, factually, like, listen, like, yeah, you know, wash your hands, do your thing. But, like, you know, let's look at the facts he was saying, not so much the opinion or the fear or whatever. I'm paraphrasing his words, right? You have to, I guess, look at it. I'm always scared I'm going to paraphrase someone wrong or quote them wrong. I never want to do that to anybody because it's like I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me. But... Also, the internet's moving so fast. Who who cares? Just goes down the field, like uh, the feed, I guess. I don't know. So, um, what was I saying there about the internet? It's overwhelming. Um, oh yeah, too much coronavirus news. You know, it's like our brains aren't supposed to be having this much information about coronavirus. You know, all over the world, it's like when in New York, I don't even know. I don't know anybody that's gotten it yet. You know, that I personally know. I mean, I see the news, right? But I don't. I don't know anyone. I'm sure I will. I'm sure, but it's like, is it going to be that big a deal when it when it gets here? But then again, I don't want to downplay it because I, I don't predict the future. Maybe it's huge. Maybe it's a real a real big thing. I don't know. And that's a, that's the the paranoia of the coronavirus. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what it's gonna what's gonna in the the fear of the unknown is what's scary. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I really got on that. I don't know, man. Also, let's talk about this. Um, you ever you ever read uh, bios of companies or like bla- uh, email blast or or I love when you go to so many companies. I don't even understand the language on half these sites. They're like we're a multi-driven, uh, data-driven platform, 360 integration, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know what I don't know what 360 means. Multi-platform 360 digital distributor. What is that? What is this 360 shit? 
And I was talking to my girlfriend. She said, I guess they do it on Parks and Rec. Was it? I guess Aziz was talking about 720 or something on the show, which that's hilarious. But and I guess that's kind of what I'm referencing. I didn't know. I don't know about that episode because I, I watched only a few episodes of that show. But it, it's uh, I when you see a website that has that language and, and it's just like multi multidisciplinary, you know, uh, social trend engagement. I'm like, what are we talking about? I don't know what this means. And, and, and it's like to get you the results and success. The we never miss a beat. It's like I, I don't know all these slogans. The world is just one big slogan. It feels like. We all need more nature. That's what it comes down to. We all need to just get off this podcast, get off the internet, and just go outside. I think that, you know, if we all spend more time outside, uh, but we don't. You know what I mean? We don't. We spend we spend our time on our on our computers. I'm kind of angry about it, actually, because what if the world is ending here, right, with the coronavirus? What if it is ending, but we spent the whole time just fucking staring at the wall on our computers? That's what we're doing. I live in New York City. The beach, you know, if you look on a map, New York is right next to the ocean. I rarely go to the ocean. It's also not that far from mountains, uh, you know, upstate New York, or even like rolling hills or like the, the Hudson Valley, like 45 minutes, 30, even like 25, 30 minutes north. I rarely go there. What do I do? I work on a computer, uh, and I spend most of my time on a computer, on a phone, indoors, as we all do, and that sucks. So, you know, the good thing about the coronavirus, let's say a positive. How about that? We know the negatives, right? It's scary. People are buying things in bulk and there's maybe less supply. We know all the negatives we see on the news. Here's a positive. If when the world gets back to normal, which we're hoping it does, right? We're hoping it becomes, we're going to appreciate being able to not have to do this stuff. You know, it's going to be, we're going to appreciate being able to go outside and not have to open a door weirdly or have to worry about shaking someone's hand or walking six feet away from someone so we don't get sick, right? These are all things they keep saying on the news. We're going to appreciate, you know, I think that's a positive. If, if, when, and I'm hoping, you know, we get through it pretty good, you know, the majority of us, it's sad that, that, that any of it's happening, but when we, when, if, when we do get through it, you know, let's, uh, it's going to feel good to be able to, to, maybe we'll have more appreciation for life. Cause this starts making you think it's like, wow, is what I'm doing really that important? Is, how much time we got left? Is this going to take over the whole world and now it's over? And I will say this too, maybe maybe I talked about this in a previous podcast about like a meteor or something or aliens. There is there is some some kind of unifying thing about all being it in it together, right? It's scary, but it's like I guess we're all in it together. And I guess there's a little is solace the word, a uh, little solace um, or, or comfort and being like, well, hey, yeah, it's scary, but like, guess what? Not only is all of New York City, all of New York State, all of the U.S., all of the world is scared. You know, if you just look at the uh, and other countries, my gosh, it's even a way worse, at least so far. So they, I mean, it's it's scary everywhere. So there's some solace in us all being scared together. There's like, well, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen to all of us. So there is something there on that. What else do we got here? We want to hit. Um, also, you can't keep up with everyone, man. I feel very overwhelmed a lot of times trying to keep up with everybody. Sometimes I'll hear about a friend who who I maybe grew up with or here in New York, or maybe I went to school with in D.C., or in Athens, Georgia, my first year when I was at the University of Georgia there. Maybe, um, you know, and I'm like, oh, I heard that they, you know, just through maybe Facebook or Instagram, I see they're going through a tough time, or other just people I've met, period, and I'm like, oh, I should reach out. And then I have a list of, like, 15 people I should reach out to, and I'm like, I, I, I just, I can barely, between, like, doing all my own stuff, keeping up my own, you know, my own career, my own apartment stuff, my own relationship, my own family, my own, uh, a few people here. 
I, I, I can't even reach out to, there's so many people that I try to reach out, but it's like, it's very overwhelming that I can't reach out to everybody. And that's honestly one of the reasons I started this podcast, because if people want to learn like, hey, what's going on with Lance, at least, you know, somewhat to a degree, right, what I talk about or whatever, but it, it's a place people can at least tune into and be like, well, oh, Lance doing that. Oh, I see, seems okay. You know, like without having to contact me because that's a whole, th- I guess maybe more effort or more work or like you can listen to this at your own leisure, right? You can listen to it in your car at two in the morning driving somewhere if you're in wherever. So uh, that's why also why I wanted to do this to connect with people because I, I just get very overwhelmed. I'm like, oh man, that person's going through a hard time. I should reach out. And then my day just gets so busy. And then I'm out uh, and then I'm out doing stuff and traveling my own. I'm like, I just, and it just falls by the wayside. So I'm sorry for all the people I don't reach out to that I, you know, wish I could. And I'm, and I'm trying to. It's just like, and the thing is, you get older, you just know more people though. And your own life becomes more complicated and more, uh, involved, and, and, uh, so I don't know how to, how you do it, so, uh, I just say, you know, I hope it's going well, I hope it's in good vibes to you, that's all I can really say, I guess, uh, you know, send good vibes to you from here, and try and make, be as kind of the people I can in my inner circle, oh, not, not, I don't have an inner circle, I mean, like, just in the day-to-day, right, uh, uh, people at, people at restaurants, people at coffee shop, people, uh, on the subway, I just try and be nice people there and uh, and then reach out to people from time to time when I can. But how about this? If you're worried about Lance, uh, Lance is doing okay, you know? He has a girlfriend. He lives in New York. He's doing stand-up, what he loves. He's trying to make people laugh to the best of his ability, given his brain at the time <laughs> when he hits the stage or the podcast or or just in the daily life. So Lance is doing all right, you know? What if that's where you turn in, tune in this and you're like, dude, this dude is not doing all right, <laughs> But I am. I'm doing all right. So I'll, I'll just say that, you know, I don't really need anybody to reach out to me. I got a good family. I got I got some good friends here in New York, which and I don't even reach out to half of them half the time. But I have people and I got a great girlfriend and I got a great uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, and that's a positive. So uh, uh, maybe I'll try and reach out to more people. That's I mean, even if you reach out to one person a day. But my gosh, just following back up with people. You talk about something today. And then, like, oh, you hear they're going through tough times, so and you got to follow up next week, you know? It's just a lot. It's it's very hard. Um, so maybe another positive, too, will say, maybe you have coronavirus, maybe I, I, and I thought, one of my first thoughts when all this started going down, when they started, like, closing stuff and whatnot, my thought was, like, dude, maybe they'll push tax season back. Uh, because as an artist, you're just collecting, you know, paychecks from all these random places, and it's just, like, it's not a fun time doing No one likes to do their taxes, nor, nor, or, or, nor is it fun for anybody to do taxes. But when you're like, when you're doing your independent stuff, like as an artist, it's just literally, it's like, uh, it's like a, a nightmare trying to pull it all together and figure it out. So I was like, man, maybe they'll push tax season back, but I haven't seen that happen yet. So, but I, honestly, I hope the whole, you know, obviously I hope the whole thing goes, well, maybe not obviously, I don't know, everybody's different, but I, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the coronavirus goes away. There Maybe there's people that are liking it here because there's fucking sick people out there. And also there's even businesses that are making money, right? You, you don't even think about that. There's businesses that are profiting off this. I, I Man, do I wish I understood the stock market at all because you know there's people making money, right? Even when it goes down, what do they call it? I, shorting a stock or I, that's how little I know. I don't even know if that's the right term. But, you know, you make money by it losing or even now it's going up again. It's like up, down, up, down. It's like, man, if you really understood it, but I guess that's the game, right? It's gambling. Does anybody really understand it? Maybe nobody really, you know, there's people, people for everybody winning, there's all these other people losing, I guess. So I guess it's a pendulum, right? You might make a million dollars today and lose two million tomorrow, you know? So I don't know. I have zero idea how the stock market works. Um, 
Lastly, let's do one thing. No, I don't know. That seems good. That's long enough. You know, I uh, hope we keep doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's just with the coronavirus, you're like, is this my last broadcast? You know, I don't think it's going to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. Here's my plan. I'm going, given with the information so far, I'm going to wash my hands, which I've been doing, wash my hands when I get home and, uh, and, uh, try and keep myself healthy, eat well, sleep well, exercise, keep my immune system up. I, I don't want to go super crazy trying to like, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, you could go crazy on this thing. So, uh, I'm trying to have somewhat of a decent look at the facts and, uh, go off that. So, uh, more podcasts coming, sending good love, good vibes to everybody. And, uh, what can we say to, to wrap it up positively here at the end? I guess, uh, well, seeing that the world could end, you know, try and say, uh, maybe reach out to someone. That'd be the, I love how I put these tasks on listeners, but it's like, I don't do any of them myself, but maybe this is even good enough. You know, maybe it's a reminder. Yeah. You know, this will be my part. Uh, do I, should I have to preach what I walk, what I preach or whatever, or, um, I don't know. Uh, teach what I preach, preach whatever those sayings are. Walk to walk, to talk to talk, or whatever. Um, walk to talk, talk to walk. Walk, walk to talk, maybe. I don't know. So maybe I'll do it, but maybe reach out to one person this week. Just an idea. How about this? I'll throw out ideas. Do whatever you want with it. The idea would be this week, since the world could be over soon, to reach out to one person you haven't in a while and just say what's up, even if it's simple. Text, email, quick phone call, leave a voicemail. Hey, uh, you know, hope you're doing well. I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Reach out to someone you haven't in a while, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be here back next week. Still crushing it, and uh, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Party with Lance podcast. As always, I'm on all the stuff. I'm at Party with Lance on social media and all that jazz, and that's where I post shows a lot of times, or PartyWithLance.com. And if you like the podcast, as always, if you would like to rate or review it on iTunes, that goes a long way. That's it. Everybody have a great week. All right. Toodaloo. Uh, Weiss out. My name is Weiss, right? And you say Weiss out. So Weiss out. All right. Goodbye.